What community sounds like. Stay open. Hey guys, this is Chris from Tap the Craft. I want to tell you about a new partner that we have for the show. B-Cups. B-Cups is the world's first line of style-specific beer cups for people on the go. Whether by the beach, pool, hiking, or on the boat, B-Cups are great for any place you can't use glassware. They're dishwasher-safe, lightweight, BPA-free, recyclable, and so clear that they often get mistaken for glass. They come as four packs on Amazon.com, but two packs and variety packs are available on their website at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Go check it out. Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to Season 6, Episode 3 of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the Wells Bro from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How you doing tonight, Chris, and what is in your glass? Denny, it has been a hell of a day. <laughs> Started super early, and it just ended probably, I don't know, 15 minutes ago. Woo. So, it's uh, I'm ready to... I'm definitely ready to be drinking a beer right now. Wow, uh, but other than that, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Um, and in my glass tonight, I am drinking a Heathen Brewing beer from out in Washington. Their Highland Charge from 2019. That their Wee Heavy Scottish Ale. Mm. And it was uh, this was a bottle that I got off of guess where Tavor. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it was really cool because there's a. A second bottle. This one's uh, a blue waxed bottle, and there's a barrel aged version of this in the fridge too. It's a red wax uh, topped bottle, and um, my glass is about full. But this 22 ounce bottle is getting close to being empty. <laughs> and uh, this is a 10 percent beer, Ooh. so we shall see where the evening goes. Nice. And uh, I would have to say, if I was going to rate this one, it's definitely going to be four, four and a quarter ish. Okay. If, uh, once it gets up and on tap, so that's that's where I'm where I'm heading with that one. I like this one pretty good. So yeah, I, I'm going to say that's more than just a wee heavy Scottish ale. Yeah. That's more like a Scotch ale, <laughs> imperial yeah. style. Yeah, and they just they just call it the even on the side of the bottle that says the wee heavy Scottish ale. So. Yeah got some cool art on it though i'll uh i'll probably put it up somewhere okay yeah let us see what it is i like good <laughs> artwork I, oh yeah it, it's cool it's just a scottish warrior charging into battle with a sword and a shield and blue lightning behind him and oh wow pretty cool bottle yeah i thought he'd be holding a caver running in with a big old pole <laughs> no, this is definitely like a this is definitely a sword okay and yeah and there's something written on the sword but i i don't speak scottish or uh, <laughs> or gaelic gaelic or whatever is, is, is celtic a li- language or that's just i have celtic, no idea uh, i don't know yeah i don't either i don't want to mess up all of our scottish listeners yeah yeah well enough about uh, us reading different languages uh, how are you doing this evening and uh, what's in your glass well i'm doing well and uh, i uh, i i did i got home Actually, just a, you know, pretty much on time, just a little bit later than normal, but it's okay. 
I had time to eat dinner, which is nice. Sometimes I don't eat dinner before I get on the show. So <laughs> we, we started a little bit later, and which was okay by me because dinner wasn't going to be done until like right about the time we were going to record. So I was going to have mm. to wait until after. But since you were just running a little bit behind, which is fine with me, it doesn't bother me at all, uh, because I got to eat. So now I have a nice full stomach. We had some meatloaf and mashed nice. potatoes, and it was... Uh, uh, it was really good because we make our meatloaf with pork, um, oh. pork ground pork instead of ground beef because we don't eat much beef in our in our house. We mostly okay. pork and chicken, and, and man, it was really good. It hits a spot. You should mix the two together: ground pork and ground chicken. Make meatloaf out of that. Yeah, or ground turkey. Too. So we've done the we we used to make turkey and the turkey meatloaf really. Is hit or miss, right? Sometimes it'd be really good, and sometimes somehow it would just get into like mush. Like I don't know what the problem was, but it would just be mushy, and and the texture was so bad it was like eating baby food, uh, not even loaf, right? It's like baby food mush. And I I told Sarah I was like, hey, we've got to do something different than this turkey loaf because this is not very good. So we we found a good alternative with the with the pork, and she said that the the butcher this time. Uh, they 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 did a little bit of a different grind on the pork, so mm-hmm. it was a little bit coarser than mm-hmm. she's used to. But I actually liked the you know, little bit coarser grind. Uh, I thought it was it made a nice texture to it. I really enjoyed it. And with that being said, we got noticed that our pig is uh, is gone to butcher. So nice. later this week, we'll get our full pig uh, in the freezer, ready to be chowing down on some great home grown pork for our bellies which is really exciting i love being able to do that i haven't done that in a long time but just getting maybe like splitting up an entire animal with a couple of people that's Mm -hmm. uh i love being able to do that oh yeah 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 so it's it's reasonably priced i mean it's 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 a lot up front but for what we're getting as far as the quality it's worth it worth everything because it's i mean we we eat a lot of pork and this has got like a ton of of sausage and and the bacon is like to die for. I mean, it makes the the best bacon off this uh, off this pig because we got we have a special farmer that feeds the the pig uh, things that Sarah's not allergic to, so uh-huh. it eats really well. In fact, it eats probably better than than you know most uh, people do. <laughs> you know, it's like eating pickled. Something or another. I mean, Sarah knows all the all the stuff it eats, but mm-hmm. so I, for some reason, it just makes the. I mean, the 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 meat is so tasty and so fantastic. I'm just dying dying to get get it in our freezer so we can start eating it because we ran out. We got a half pig last time, and I, I I'm not kidding you. We ate that thing in like two two three months. It was everything was gone. Oh geez. So we got a whole pig this time. We're hoping it lasts at least six months. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's about uh, I think the the whole pig is like 150 pounds, 130 pounds, and uh, you know, it's about it equals out about uh, I think she said it was like four to four dollars a pound uh, if you would like to take the whole poundage mm-hmm. and, and split it out. So that's not bad for for really. Uh, you know, well raised and good, good meat there. So, yep. 
Okay, well, yeah, but I got sidetracked. I, <laughs> I got pork on the oh, mind, but oh, uh, we were gonna start talking about bacon. That's yeah, a, I want to start I know, smoking because, and curing bacon. Yeah, because you know what, <laughs> Boise's having their bacon and beer fest coming up here shortly too. Uh, I might have to go visit that. I, I've always skipped the bacon and beer fest because it seems like it's just too much of two good things, right? You can't have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want to overdo it, and I don't want to spoil myself where. I eat so much bacon and drink so much beer that I just don't like either of them, you know? So I'd be willing to give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth a shot for sure. But, but hey, I am drinking some beer. I've been enjoying this. Uh, I got, I picked this up last night and I drank a couple last night and I've, I've had a couple tonight already. And it's the, uh, the latest Oktoberfest offering. Yes. Oktoberfest beers are out in August, which is about the right time, I think, to mm-hmm. release them. And this is from Sierra Nevada. It's their Oktoberfest 2019 with their collaboration with Bitburger Brewing uh, all the way in Germany. And wow. I'm telling you, this is this is a good one. This has got a really, really nice uh, malt character. Kind of a, like a, to me, it's, it comes across like a strong graham cracker malty character. You know how, how you eat a graham cracker and you have that nice uh, toasty uh Graham, I guess. <laughs> what, I, don't, I don't even know what graham crackers are made of, but it's got it's got that toasty graham cracker uh, character up front, and it and it has some decent hop character in the back end too. So it's a really nice uh, blend of of a, like a hoppy Martzen, and really good. Have you had this one yet, Chris? No, I don't think I have. Ah, do you do you get the uh, Sierra Nevada annual Oktoberfest? I'm sure we probably do, and I'll be honest, I haven't really had to go uh, shopping for beer in quite a long yeah, time. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I'm about I'm about due because everything in my fridge now is um uh, for the most part it's, you know, all kind of like what I'm drinking now. It's yeah, gonna be big you know, ten percent big beers. <laughs> and I mean, like that text I sent you the other day, I went on a consultation with a new client and mm-hmm. he happened to work for Cigar City and and uh, he was like, "Oh, here, take these with you," and you know, gave me a bottle of Hunapoo, which was was awesome, and yeah. then gave me a bottle of beer from a place called Three Sons Brewing down towards the Miami area. That this beer I've tried, like I've had a sip of it before, and Three Sons is one of those breweries that shows up to like Hunapoo Day. That mm-hmm. there's a line, just you know, hundreds of people in that line, like. You know, when you go to an amusement park and people run to that one ride to yeah, get on yeah. <laughs> and wait for three hours to get on it, even though you could be riding 14 other rides in that same amount of time. Yeah, Three Sons is like that. And wow. the fact that he gave me that was, I was like, I almost want to give you a discount, but I'm not going to. <laughs> well, well, you can always do it later if he keeps giving I mean, you a beer. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Maybe, you know, maybe we can have a bottle share, you know. Yeah. Share a beer while we're while we're training. There you go. There you go. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's good to to have some of those good beers. Did you miss out on Huna? I mean, I, you didn't go to Hunapoo days this year, but did you this, get any bottles or anything? I didn't. Um, and it it was to the it was a, they did it a little different this year because they were three three or four different types that you got this year. Mm. So there were different variants of it, and. Um, I think it was also because it was their 10 year anniversary, this one that just passed. And more than likely I had something going on that I couldn't go. Yeah. 
you know, it's in, it's, you know, like the second weekend in March or first weekend in March, it's always at the last Saturday of Tampa Bay beer week. So it's, uh, it's pretty easy to figure out when that's going to be, mm-hmm. so, but normally March, normally it's like the first or second Saturday in March. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One day, one day I'll be out there for that. I mean, as long as the tickets aren't a thousand dollars a piece. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, um, tickets, I think the last time I saw them tickets were about 200 bucks. Yeah. But, but whenever I see them on the website, like you sent out the link last time, you know, for this year and I went and clicked on it. I'm like, yeah, it's still too rich for my, for my taste. Yeah. I, I looking at it, I mean, for what you get, in it so not only are you taking home all the beer or all the bottles of hunapu which is good um there it varies every year just kind of of how good it is you know some years it's really just phenomenal and then other years it's kind of meh um but this the variants that they put out i've heard pretty good things about those so i'd be curious to see what they do again but the a number of breweries that are there i'm telling you it's like our version of um Great American Brew Fest, GABF. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, literally breweries from all over the world. Uh, I tried beer from a brewery in, in like Estonia or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and there were definitely a couple from like Finland and Sweden and stuff yeah, like that when, yeah. when we went a couple years ago. And I'd go. I would definitely go again. I would really like to just take a big group of people though when I mm-hmm. go. Uh, it's cool that like we could, we could spend the time together and go. Uh, but it's like, you can only, you can only walk around and drink so much beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You need to kind of rest. Yeah. Yeah. Drink a little beer, rest, chat, you know, have a good time, get some shade, yeah. go do some more, you know, make it a, a whole day of it. Yeah. And then leading up to it, of course, you've got Tampa beer week, which for lack of a better term is a normally a shit show, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, you don't go to breweries at Tampa Beer Week because there's so many tourists. It's like, you don't go to the beach. Uh, I don't know. You don't go to the beach in in winter because that's when all the tourists show up or yeah. something like that. I don't know. It, but it's it's nuts. Um, it still surprises me just how busy some of those breweries get. And then once the week is over, it's like it's nothing ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I need to come at the end of Tampa Beer Week just so I can do Hunapa Day. And then I can go in and visit all those. But then the breweries will be all out of beer by that time, right? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, I visited a bottle shop. Um, midway, I visited bottle shops like midway through and at the end. Um, there's a bottle shop right down the street from Angry Chair called uh, Jug and Bottle. And then like Wednesday, you'd think, you'd think the apocalypse was coming. Mm-hmm. You look at their shelves, it's like when people freak out over the first snowstorm yeah, or a yeah, hurricane coming, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> Especially at the end of the weekend because they don't get deliveries till Monday and it's just, it's gone. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's, uh, let's start the show. But before we get into the meat of the content, let's go ahead and let everyone know who's new to Tap the Craft Podcast, what we're all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because... We want to help you, our listener, along in your craft beer journey. I want to educate you. And you are listening to episode 133, recording on Monday, August 26, 2019. And in this episode, we will be discussing a few craft beer news articles. Yes, 
We're just going to bring you some news from around the web on craft beer. We got three articles. Shouldn't take too long. It uh, should be a pretty, pretty condensed show. But you know what? Chris and I have already been chatting up a storm for 15 minutes, and we haven't even got any real content going on. So you never know. We might just carry on a little bit longer with our great beer conversation. So let's start this beer conversation out with a with a segment that we like to do called. We don't even have a name for this called we don't we, we should we should have a name for this segment but basically it's it's what our listeners are drinking according to untapped so chris are you ready for this i am definitely ready and i think i think denny one of the things we should uh put out to the listeners and say hey help us come up with a name for this <laughs> yeah that, this, i mean it's five words but hey what are our listeners <laughs> drinking let's let's come up with something catchy and fun yeah, because I think I'm all creative. Uh, create my creative juices are are lacking. I'm, I'm, oh yeah, I'm getting too old for uh, for for thinking up nice, uh, entertaining things. So I need my listeners out there to to go ahead and give us their best best take on it. all those young 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 folks out there. Yeah. So so what we're gonna do is we're gonna read through some of what we're seeing our listeners drink on Untapped, and if you want to be included in this, just go ahead and follow me on untapped and you can find me on untapped at mck1345 and we normally record around the same time every week normally it's around a monday around you know eight ish uh eastern standard time of course uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but then we can uh, feature some of the beers you're drinking and uh, get you get your name on the show so we're gonna start out with henrik and we're just going to go with uh, usernames on this one because sometimes they get a little confusing. <laughs> so we're going to go with uh, Henrik is drinking a Bats by Wizard Brewing. And I'm not exactly sure about Wizard Brewing. Wizard Brewing's in Sweden. So mm. uh, checking that out. Bats looks to be like a, uh, let's see, it's a Berliner. Oh, nice. There we go. Oh no, go back. I lost my page. There we go. Um, he gave this one four and a quarter caps. Uh, no notes or anything on this one. Um, moving on up to the next person, Jeff Seiler is drinking a Mosey's Kite by Flying Machine Brewing Company. He just writes very nice, tropical, and tasty. That's one thing about Jeff. He always leaves notes about his beers. Good. Good for yeah. you, Jeff. Yeah, and he gave that one four caps. And I have to admit, we have kind of a short list this week. Oh, good. Yeah, oh, good. <laughs> uh, uh, next one is going to be Mr. William Lake is drinking a Dragonfly IPA by Upland Brewing Company, and he's oh. drinking that at the Muscle and Burger Bar. Uh, three and three quarters caps on that beer, no notes. Mr. Chad Lamasa is drinking an onshore lager by Flying Fish Brewing Company. Just right, solid lager. He picked that go. up at Total Total Wine and more. In Towson, gave that three and three quarters caps. Uh, Mike Allen is drinking a Play Wave by Crux Fermentation Project. Yeah, and it's gave a pillow, that one. Right? Uh, it's a good question. Gave that one three and three quarters caps, and this is a pale ale. Yeah, good job, Denny. Yeah, that's a good one. No, no, I love Crux Brewing, so I, I, I know some of their beers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, Cody A. He's drinking a Gorkfok. 
Uh, <laughs> oh wow! By by three four three Floyd's Brewing Company. Really? Or or it could be Gorch Fock. I mean, it depends on how you uh, yeah, it pronounce it. Sounds like some Tourette's or something. There's something <laughs> going on there. I, I think I'm gonna start yelling that when I just uh, fit one day. Gorch Fock. <laughs> I uh, gave that one three and a half caps on there and gave us a awesome picture of his uh, dog in the background with oh. some bottle art. Oh, you know what? It, it's International Dog Day, right? It is. How would I not know that? Yeah, how I can do you know even that. say that? I I, I, uh... I totally know that. I was just making sure you knew. <laughs> oh. Did he t- yeah. did he hashtag that in his in his post? That it's he did not. Oh, no, okay. just no no notes or anything. Just the uh, just the cap rating of three and a half. Okay. Um, moving up to Tara Carlson oh. is drinking a Zoe by Maine Beer Company. Ooh, yes, beer company. Are they in Maine? Um. Well, they are drinking at Foster's Grill in Waldorf, Maryland. Oh, so okay. Okay. Um, and apparently, um. Main Beer Company has started distributing down here to us. Oh, wow. Lucky you. Uh, well, again, I haven't been out buying any beer lately <laughs> that doesn't show up at my door or in my office. So it's kind of, uh, I haven't been out in the wild searching for beer in quite a while. I'm kind of spoiled. Well, well, you might you might save some money if you, uh, you know, just kind of tamper back on the Tavor shipments. Well, I haven't, I haven't had a Tavor shipment in quite a while. Oh, okay. There's only 23 beers left from Tavor in the cooler. Okay. But then if people keep giving these to me, I'm not, I'm not going to have to worry about it. <sighs> we have some awesome clients. That's all I'm saying. So she's nice, drinking, yeah. yeah. So she's drinking the Zoe by Maine Beer Company. Uh, three and three quarters caps on that one. I bet you she's drinking that with, uh, with Jim. Probably. Jim Kudzel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tara is also drinking... A raised by wolves by Ooh. Right Proper Brewing Company. I want to raised by wolves. That sounds like a fun beer. Yeah. Paleo. I was gonna say IPA. Uh, um, I think if I remember correctly, she likes the IPAs. Um, but gave that one three and three quarters caps as well. And our buddy, the gnarly gnome, is drinking the uh, the three Fontainen. Yeah, three Fontainen Ode Goza. Oh, by brewery three Fontainen. Okay. And he writes, oh my, that's dreamy. (laughs) (laughs) No, no caps on that one though. Didn't didn't give that one any rating. I don't think he rates his beers. I don't see very, I don't know if I've seen any ratings of his, I think he just does it to, to log them and keep track. He doesn't actually rate them. He does not. And there's, there's looking through his, uh, his profile. There's a, the occasional note. Yeah. On some of them. Okay. But I had to go a little George Takei on that one and go, oh my. <laughs> yeah. Um second to last is going to be Robert Chew Your Beer. Oh. He's drinking a new California IPA by Carl Strauss Brewing Company. Oh, nice. And he writes, This beer never gets old. Five cap rating for that one. Wow. Damn. Yeah. And I had a friend of mine who was actually at Carl Strauss in San Diego the other day. I was a little jealous. So, so I had a friend that went to San Diego a few weeks ago, and I said, "Hey, when you're down there, you the only brewery you got to visit is Carl Strauss." He goes, "Okay," and then he goes and doesn't visit the brewery. I, but he goes to SeaWorld. I said, "Oh, well, did you have any Carl Strauss beer there? They have beer, you know, at SeaWorld from Carl Strauss." No, I saw the uh, beer things, but I didn't actually get any beer. I'm like. What the hell's wrong with you, man? I told you to go get some damn Carl Strauss. You need new friends. I know. I'm obviously <laughs> not committed enough. 
to be my friend. You know, he needs to be uh, more committed to beer. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life, Daddy. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Mm. Or he could have brought me back some. That's well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's you know just red trolley ale all over the I place. I know. That's why I want some. I want some Carl Strauss red trolley. Not even that hard. Oh. Six packs in cans ship so easily, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Um, and then last but not least, Mr. Eric Gronley is drinking a Minnesota Brew Together Orange Dreamsicle IPA Ooh. by Mo- Modest Brewing, or Mo- I'm going to go with Modest Brewing okay. Company. Uh, he's drinking that at the Minnesota State Fair Grandstand. Oh. Yeah. Wow, it is State Fair time. We just, uh, last week was our State Fair week. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I didn't, I don't go. I, once the kids, uh grew up and left i i gave up going to the fair there's too many okay. people and too crowded <laughs> yeah ours is in february oh wow <laughs> yeah it's kind of nice yeah it's, so it's, it's not very so hot. Well, yeah. it's very nice outside yeah um and eric writes on this one great start gave that one four caps and he checked that in about 27 minutes ago so i'm gonna go ahead and refresh one last time one last and time. refresh glad it. thing glad i did eric's drinking a mini donut beer Ooh. by lift bridge brewing company and he writes very tasty a must have uh, four caps on that one and that was two minutes ago all right all right That's hey I, I have something to say all right uh, because of eric's uh previous uh check into that that cream like that cream circle one or whatever dream circle cream mm-hmm. whatever one uh <laughs> I had it just brought me just reminded me that Mother Earth Brewing here in the in the uh, Idaho in Idaho near Boise and Nampa, uh, mm-hmm. they announced that they are going to be canning a year round release. I've never had this beer yet; it's a, it's a brand new one. But they did have it at their tap rooms. I just never made it to the tap room to try it. But it's going to be a variant of their Cali Cream and Ale, which is their vanilla cream ale. They're gonna make a, a an orange creamsicle version of it, and I can't wait because I love their vanilla cream ale. And you put a little orange in there and make it a creamsicle like one. I'm gonna be all over that for sure. So they'll be selling that in six pack cans year round. So uh, yeah, if if I get some, I'll have to add that into a package for you, Chris. I mean, if you insist. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I know you need to get some uh, uh, some belching beaver in cans. Uh, and oh yeah, some, some Cali cream in creamsicle. And I uh, should probably move out to the West Coast. Actually, yeah, yeah, you could. Uh, I mean, am I done with? I should, maybe I'm just done with Tampa. <laughs> All of your beer. I'm gonna move somewhere else. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks for uh, all our listeners making our segment. And uh, drinking some great beer out there. It's very exciting. Very exciting. So, Chris, have you had any beer-related events or any kind of uh, anything besides work that you've been doing? Sadly, no. My, my, my only events are working and then drinking beer is pretty much my beer-related event. So, okay. it's, uh, I suck. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't have any, any beer-related events either. So, it's okay. We don't have to have events every every time we record uh, but we should we should it, it, i mean it would be nice there's i mean there's been things going on i just haven't gone to them because i've got other activities going on and and i have been trying to to maintain a a little bit lower profile of 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 drinking you know not drinking as much as i was drinking before trying to stay healthy uh, but i'm still drinking but i will say Here. that that 
I am drinking more. I am definitely drinking more local stuff than anything else. I'm just buying six pack of, uh, you know, of my favorite lagers, which is North Fork Lager from Payette and Flyline Lager from Payette. Those two, one's a Vienna Lager and one's a, uh, you know, a Pale Lager. And man, you know, splitting up between those is really good and adding in some Payette Mutton Buster Brown. And then some moose drool brown, you know, for a couple brown ones in there. And then I'm, mm-hmm. you know, adding in some some nice uh, IPAs. And, I mean, it's been a nice mix. And i just been going local. And that's why anyone that's on Untapped probably has noticed that my check-ins have gone down a lot. Because I'm just not really drinking very many, you know, new beers. I mean, I have a few in there. Uh, but I'm I'm really enjoying just going, supporting my, my local craft beer and, and trying to make you know, make make these uh, these local beers last. You know, I don't want to see breweries go out, so I I buy local. That's another one I'd like to get a hold of is some moostrel. Oh, you can't get moostrel in uh, no. Tampa. Okay, well they have that in cans too, so I have to find the cans and I'll add that to your can package. All right, I need to make a list of all these beers you want. So uh, moostrel, moostrel, Phantom Bride. Uh, prismatic, <laughs> prismatic. That's right. I owe you prismatic. Yeah, we just bought a. I just went through a six pack of prismatic. Me and Sarah actually, I bought it for Sarah and myself. I think I had one, and I think Sarah drank the rest of five. She yeah, really likes that beer a lot. But you know, the, the sad part is, is that uh, I've seen Ninkasi beers here before. Oh, and like. I've, a couple of them, not just like, oh, a one-off made it down here because it was a collab with, like, Cigar City or something. Yeah. I've seen Ninkasi down here. Mm. Yeah. So so maybe they just have limited stuff, and uh, you'll start to see more. So, interesting, you mentioned Cigar City. Guess who's coming to Boise for, you know, for their uh, their grand release in September? Cigar City. So... Now that uh, you know they're part of the Canarchy, uh, it's finally going to be distributed here in the Boise area. So that'll be nice. I'll be drinking some Scar City beers in September, and also another brewery in September, same time frame, around mid-September. That's coming from Washington, the Seattle area. Uh, a brewery that I really enjoyed and that John really liked uh, when he was living there is Black Raven Brewing. And I think you had some Black Raven beers, didn't you, Chris? I did. Yeah. Yeah, so they make some fantastic beers. I'm really excited that they are coming into, uh, you know, into the the Boise area. So I'll be having more, more good beers to choose from. All right, so Chris, let me talk about uh, a couple noteworthy beers that I had because I just mentioned <laughs> that I haven't been drinking much uh, other than my local beers, but I have had a few uh, new ones and and a couple of noteworthy. I only have two noteworthy beers that I, that are worth talking about. First one is no, no surprise to anyone, and I, I might have already talked about this beer last year, or last uh, yeah, it's almost a year ago, back in December. It's the the Shoots Black Butte 30th anniversary Imperial Porter. Uh, last year was oh, the yeah. 30th anniversary, and I think I had it, and I I either may have not logged it because sometimes I'll have it and I won't. I forget to log it, but I'm pretty sure I had it last year, and I had a bottle, and Sarah. And I were coming home. It was a hot day. We were shopping, and she and we and we bought the new, uh, the new thirty-one anniversary Black Butte Porter. 
And she says, ooh, we're going to chill mm-hmm. that down, and we're going to drink it when we get home. And I said, okay, baby, let's do it. So we got home, we put it in the fridge, and I realized, hey, honey, I still have another <laughs> bottle of the 30. Let's go ahead and chill this one down for a few days, and then we'll drink this 30. You know, it's, a, it's almost a year old. We'll drink that one now. So we had that. And I'll tell you what, if I, if I did mention it before, I'm going to mention it again because, man, I really do love these beers. And this one was, uh, was tasty. Uh, it did have a, a lot of chocolate character to it. Uh, kind of, uh, like a, like, again, that, uh, like a dark, like a dark chocolate, but like a syrupy, like you get in like a dark mm-hmm. chocolate syrup, like that type of, uh, character. And it had, a, a, a decent amount of barrel character from whatever barrels they aged it in uh, came across in the beer too, like some of the vanilla and maybe some, I think it was in bourbon barrels because it felt like it had like that vanilla bourbon barrel character in there and a little bit on the coffee, but very light in my opinion on coffee character coming out of there, but it did have some of that dark fruit. Now I'm not sure what they use in it. Normally they put dates, plums, figs, stuff like that. Um, I couldn't really pull out exactly what it was, but it had that sense of sweetness from that dark fruit in there. But it was good. Both Sarah and I enjoyed it and not too hot. It was a 12.5% beer, I think. Uh, and it, it, uh, you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't too hot, right? It didn't come across like it was too, uh, boozy or anything. And that's pretty much, I mean, I don't think I've ever had these beers that came across where it just tastes like you're drinking a big booze bomb. They're really well done and well balanced. I uh, really enjoyed that one. So that's the first beer I'll talk about. And the second beer is uh, a while back I mentioned that I had finally got the uh, the Prairie Artisan Ales birthday stout or birthday beer, birthday? Birthday bomb. Birthday bomb. Yes, I finally got that beer and I really loved it. Give it a five cap rating. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to the co-op. I'm going to pick up a couple more uh, offerings they have and if, if they're not gone already. Because uh, even though they're $10 for a 12-ounce bottle, these beers are really good. I think I'm going to enjoy it. So I went back that next weekend, and they only had one left. And that one was the Prairie Artisans Ale collaboration with Evil Twin called the Bible Belt Imperial Stout. And you know what? This beer is also a five-calf rating. I'm telling you, these guys know how to wow. make an imperial freaking stout. And this one had some chilies <laughs> in it. And uh, the the chilies gave just enough heat that you felt that they're there, but it wasn't, like, burning. Mm-hmm. And I really, I mean, I'm, a, I'm real sensitive to having chilies and peppers and beers that if I don't mind having the flavor and maybe just a little bit of hint of, of it in, in my mouth, but I don't want it burning down my throat. And this one did not have any of that negative uh, burning effect. Big cocoa nib, chocolate character in there, super rich and thick. Man, absolutely love this beer. So I think when both those beers come back into season and back into town, I'm going to buy a bottle of each of them again because, man, those are some really, really good beers. So those are my beers. Well, I'll tell you what, if you uh, – if you- I was going to say, if you get a hold of uh, another birthday bomb, mm-hmm. I have one of those in the fridge, too. We oh. could do a tasting note segment on birthday bomb. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I don't know when it's going to come back around. 
<laughs> I don't know when they released that one. Is it is it a a year round release or is it one that they only do at certain times of the year? Uh, I don't know. It's probably called a birthday bomb because it's like the their, birthday of or their anniversary or uh, something. I don't know why, but no, you're probably right. Yeah, I'm not probably their birthday. Yeah, but that Black Butte, uh, that thirty year that was that one was good. Oh yeah, that was really good. Yeah, they're they're all good. But now I've got the thirty one. So I think before our next show, Sarah and I are probably going to drink that bottle, and I'll talk about that one too. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Chris, what kind of great beers do you have to talk about? So I got to have beers from a little bit of everywhere. Mm. Uh, two of them were from here in Tampa, and then one was from good old Akron, Ohio. Uh, the first one I had was called Snack Attack from Cigar City Brewing Company, which was from their El Catador Bottle Club. Mm. Uh, it was a chocolate vanilla or no, it was a chocolate stout with uh, with some vanilla, lactose, peanuts, and salt. Oh wow, that's the, a snack, all right. And it was and it was aged in uh, whiskey barrels. And I'm just trying to remember this off the top of my head, but it was aged in whiskey barrels. Um, and this one, you you put it right up to your as soon as you put the glass to your face, it smelled like chocolate and peanut butter. Oh, nice and. And, you know, you take a swig of it and you're, I was expecting kind of this big boozy hit just because it's, uh, just because it was a, a big, you know, barrel aged, uh, beer and you started drinking it and it just, it went down really easy and it was super smooth and it was, you know, the chocolate and the peanuts and it wasn't like peanut butter. It was more like peanuts, mm-hmm. uh, in the flavor and the uh, the whiskey balanced out really well. That was in the barrel. Uh, there wasn't a ton of barrel in there. I actually drank this by the pool the other day. Nice. Um, ended up giving this one a four and a half caps. I was drinking in my B cups. <laughs> um, gave this one four and a half caps uh, on this beer. It was it was tasty. Um, second one, we're going to go stay here in Florida with a beer called Lushable Crush, which mm. was a New England IPA um, from a new brewery that I went to visit the other day. Uh, Megan and I had a day off, kind of, um, and <laughs> checked this place out called Bootleggers Brewing Company. And we basically went in and said, hey, we'd like a flight. Uh, let's make it two flights. And out of the, I don't know, 12... 12 beers they had on tap. I think we had eight or 10 of them. And uh, this one was definitely one of my favorites because it was uh, a New England IPA that was uh, really, it was really on the fruity side. Uh, and then it kind of finished off with um, kind of that, the juiciness and then led into the bitterness with the hops at the end. And it was really surprising. It was like that, like that juicy fruit, fruitiness almost. And uh, gave that one four and a quarter caps. Because I was really surprised, and you know who you know who was drinking that Miss I don't like IPAs a whole lot, Megan. Oh, um, yeah, she kept going back. You know, she was drinking the couple Berliners that we had, and she kept going back to that that five ounce glass of the of the uh, Lushable Crush. And I'm going, kind of like that one, huh? And she goes, Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, and then the last one that I had was from our friends over at Hoppin' Frog was. Their extended barrel aged Boris, and according to the label, and Boris is their big 
bodacious or their bodacious oatmeal <laughs> Russian Imperial stout. Yeah. Um, and this is one that I, I really like. It's a, it's a really good oatmeal stout just as it is. Mm-hmm. And then it was not only was it barrel aged, but it was ex- barrel aged for an extended period of time. So according to the label, it was barrel aged five times longer. Wow. Than their original barrel aged stuff. And, this one was a little bit on the boozy side, mm, okay. but it was really good to just kind of sip on in the, at the end of the night. And it was, um, it was going to, uh, I think we were watching a movie when I was drinking this one. This one disappeared way too quick too for as, for as big as it is. The, uh, the Boris itself is normally a 9% beer. Mm-hmm. And even with all the barrel aging, they keep it at that 9% mark, which is nice. Oh, okay. So, so it's uh, that one I gave four and three quarters caps to. I wasn't going to oh. just give up my five cap rating. Yeah, you're stingy. For some yeah, I was feeling greedy that night. And I was like, no, <laughs> you don't get that one. Uh, yeah, but yeah. We had some had some pretty good beers uh, the last last few days, and uh, this this uh, one from Heathen Brewing right now is is uh, it's going pretty good too. Oh, good, good. Yeah, those Boris beers are fantastic. I haven't had a bad one yet, and. I need to uh, keep my eye open on Tavor. I, I, there's a few Tavor beers that, that caught my eye, and then I saw that they wanted like $27 for them and, oh. or, you know, for like a, a 22-ounce bottle. I'm like, I don't know if I'm, you know, wanting to spend that. And then I saw another, you know, oh, they got the 16-ounce cans of this, and they wanted, you know, like $12 for a 16-ounce can for one. I'm like, ah, you know what? Tavor is just a little bit you know, out of my, my lifestyle range right now. I think I need to, uh, uh, pull back and just keep buying my local cheap stuff. You know, I'm, I'm buying local beer and six packs for, you know, $9, eight, eight, $9 a six pack. And man, you can't go wrong getting, you know, six 12 ounce cans for, you know, the price of one 16 ounce can of, of most of these, uh, these things you get on Tavor. So, uh, I'm being a little bit stingy. But, you know, I've found that the bottles on the stuff, well, not just bottles, but the stuff on Tavor is not not too out of the way as far as price goes. Um, I mean, I'm looking at one right now, and it's from the Rare Barrel, so you know those are going to be oh, yeah. up there. And that's that's one of those ones that you're talking about. It's, you know, $27.99. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one's a 750 milliliter bottle. It's a barrel-aged sour called Sunrise Sunburn Sunset Repeat. <laughs> Damn, that's a name. Country, for any of our country music fans, I believe that's a Kenny Chesney song. Oh, is um, it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll sing it for you if you'd like. <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't know that yeah, was the uh, reference. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that one. But the first one that pops up is from uh, Prairie called Karate Chimp. <laughs> oh, and what are they charging for and that I'd one? Pro- uh, it's eight bucks for two 12-ounce cans. It's wow, a sour actually, ale. Oh, oh. Yeah, you know what? I I did mention, remember I uh, during a few months ago, I was buying a bunch of different prairie stuff in the, their cans. And honestly, I wasn't that impressed with with the, some of their beers. Definitely the stouts, the Imperial stouts are definitely really good. But yeah, I had some yeah. of their sours and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, these aren't all that. Okay. Yeah, they try. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'll take I'll take what I can get here and there. Yeah, Rear Barrel. Yeah, that's the one. That's one of the ones I saw. And then uh, and- Andro Theory. Those are pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah, Prairie, yeah, there's the Krebs. Okay. 
All right. I, oh, the side A project one is the other one that uh, I've been wanting some side project brewing uh, beers, but th they want a little bit money for that too. Oh, and then the pancake yeah. walk with Hubbard's Cave. Yeah, there's a few. There's a Hubbard's few. Cave puts out some pretty good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had a couple of theirs, and I've been really impressed with them. But again, you know, they want, you know, they, they, they're really proud of their beer. You know, they want, uh, a tw that's, that's the one that's $12 for one 16-ounce can for that beer. I, Who is that one? That's the Pancake Walk from Hubbard's Cave. Oh. 12 bucks for 16 ounce can. I mean, I, it, I mean, it is 12%, that's, that's, that, yeah. but it's just, it's just a little too steep for me right now. I, if I, if I could just order one yeah. and get it shipped without paying $15, you know, in shipping, I, you know, order <laughs> one or two here, here and there, but I, I always got to fill my crate, you know, my box up with at least 20 beers and that, you know, $200 later, <laughs> my beer comes. Oh yeah. <laughs> And then this one, uh, the other one on here is uh, uh, Fest Beer by Rubens Brews, and they want nine bucks for two 12 ounce cans. Yeah, yeah, that's just a Fest Beer. That's not anything, anything special. Yeah, yeah, I'm still hoping no, that that's... Rubens Brews comes into Boise. They came into the northern Idaho last year, so I'm hoping they work their way down. I'll be excited. Okay, well, we got sidetracked again. Let's get uh, on with the show. Uh, let's get into the feedback. And uh, just let everyone know we do have a voicemail number, 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY. Leave yourself a voicemail. Uh, I realized that I may have, uh, I, I went into the voicemail line and saw that some settings had been changed and the voicemails weren't going or the calls weren't going to voicemail. I think I had the voicemail turned off because I saw that Amanda had called but didn't leave a voicemail. And that's when I went and checked and saw that I had the voicemail uh, turned off. So uh, sorry, Amanda, if we missed your voicemail. But if anyone else called and missed a voicemail too, I apologize. But hey, go back and try it now. See if it works. That'd be great. And then we did have, uh, you know, even though I, I have to mention, uh, that we're having troubles with the website and everyone probably noticed that you either didn't get the show the last show or it arrived late and uh there's there's been problems with the openforumradio.com website where there's some uh php memory errors that are causing the site to go down and we've had it fixed a couple times but it, it continually you know goes down we're looking at getting a new hosting site uh we got to work out the bugs of getting the site and getting the site transferred over to that new server uh, is going to be a work in progress. So I'm hoping the site will stay up during this time frame so that we don't have this problem. And if you did not listen to 132, go back and try again if you've got this one and grab that download. Because I know that only about a quarter of the normal downloads have been uh, have been downloaded on that, that show, so I, I know people still have problems with that feed. But even with that problem, we have a listener that feed, left feedback. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and read this feedback? Sure. So on Twitter, uh, we got a, got some feedback from Brian G. at Scalawagged, and he said, listen to the Tap to Craft podcast for the first time today. How did I not know this existed before? 
one obvious drawback about listening to this on the way to the work, it got me on the way to the work, <laughs> on the way to work. It got me thinking about beer all day. Well, cheers to that for sure. You should be thinking about beer all day, about what you're going to do when you get off of work. That's the only thing that gets me through work a lot of times is knowing I have a great beer <laughs> waiting for me at home and a wife <laughs> and a great wife. So those two things. But uh, yeah, isn't that great? Yeah. Uh, we have a, yeah. a brand new listener. And she'll help you drink that beer. Oh, yeah. She likes to, yeah, she likes well, to drink beer. Yeah. And cheers to you, Brian. Thank you for so much for sending that feedback in. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And tell all your friends for sure. We like to have all kinds of new listeners. Now I just need to get the feed to work so they can go and download the shows and make sure they can keep keep uh, <laughs> us in your ears. But uh, that was it. That's the feedback we had. Again, it's because uh, we're having issues with that show. So, uh, you know, normally we have a bunch of downloads and then we get, you know, one or two or three feedbacks. This time we have a very few downloads. So obviously... The only feedback we got was, hey, fix your damn feed. I'm, I need my, my tap to craft uh, fix. Uh, and, hey, fix your feed because I can't be dragging an iPad around me with me at work uh, and listen to the show. So, uh, because the iPad is the only thing they have iTunes on. So, oh. yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll fix it. Don't worry. It'll be fixed. But hopefully the show is in your ears and you're hearing us now. But if you want to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at taptocraft at gmail.com or on Twitter, just follow us at taptocraft. And you can reach us on Facebook or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash taptocraft. And again, our voicemail number, 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY. And I want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that Chris and I are putting out, I believe you will find some more great content like the following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Forum Radio Network over at openformradio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Forum Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week we will be discussing hopefully three articles. I got three here. I think we can fit all three in uh, if we don't talk too I don't think we'll talk too long in any of the three, so I think we can get through them pretty good. But these are articles that uh, I thought were pretty interesting, and the first article is... Actually, the first... I thought I had a different one at first. It turns out that uh, that I put another one in front of the, the other article. So the first article is, uh, uh, from a, it's called Revision Brewing Company Projects 60% Growth in Second Full Year in Business. And this was their press release that they released on, uh, August 14th. So this is the older of the three articles. And I put that one first because it was the older one. But I also want to talk about this because, uh, Revision Brewing, I talk about their beer all the time on the show and uh, I really I, I really like what they're doing I love their beer uh, they do put out a lot of New England IPAs I have heard some feedback from people that think that maybe they only release like one or two New England IPAs and they just rebrand that same IPA <laughs> into different uh, cans 
And, and I can see where people might think that might be the case, that there's not enough difference between these New England hazy style IPAs. They, the flavor profiles are very much close to one another. And I, you know, I can see that where people might think that, yeah, they all kind of taste the same, but there are definitely some distinct differences in uh, the different types of, of hazy IPAs they put out. Uh, some that are, in my opinion, far superior than the other ones. They're all good, but I, you know, I'll give some of these five cap ratings and some I'll give, you know, three and a half cap ratings. So there's definitely a, a, a you know, a spread between them. So that's just my little soapboxing here that I, I had to mention because I have heard some feedback that, you know, people say that, yeah, they all taste the same, but I, I think they do have some differences. I can see where, you know, where they think that. So Revision Brewing Company grew 118% in the brewery's first full year in business in 2018 and is on track to see another healthy increase of 60% over last year's production. With a diverse distribution network, including states across the United States and international presence in Japan, Australia, Taiwan, Revision Brewing Company impressively sells 71% of their craft beer within a 200-mile radius of the brewery located in Sparks, Nevada. Barrelage spiked from 5,600 barrels produced in 2017 to over 12,000 barrels in 2018. With a recent 120-barrel fermenter additions, Revision will exceed 20,000 barrels by the end of 2019. So these guys are really, uh, you know, moving forward with their expansion. And in just basically one year, maybe one and a half years, they are going to be exceeding the amount of beer produced by Idaho's biggest brewery. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. almost a 400% growth in production in, in two years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane and they're doing great. So, you know, Chris, we've had several articles that we've been talking about in the last few months about how breweries are expanding and their strategies changing and they're trying to get out and, you know, and some breweries are expanding too quick and, and, and having issues and some are deciding to take it easy and, and not rush things. Brewmaster CEO and co-founder Jeremy Warren asserted, now it's time for a bigger brew system. <laughs> Revision Brewing Company is planning on installing a 40 barrel brew system in 2020. Oh my he God. Said, yeah. He said, we're looking forward to expanding to grow into producing 40,000 barrels of beer within 18 to 24 months of the installation while maintaining focus on the business along the I-80 corridor, expressed Warren. Revision strives to connect with consumers directly to, to build and maintain relevancy. We're always traveling and we believe in the impact of selling one beer to one person at a time. Hmm. He said, Revision Brewing Company was founded on the principle of having an evolutionary spirit, states the website. Even the brewery's namesake refers to being in a state of continually improving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Revision was awarded gold for Revision IPA. That's the American style Indian, uh, in the American style India pale ale category and silver for the double IPA at the 200. Jesus, I can't <laughs> read today. At the 2018 World Beer Cup, known as the Olympics of Beer. 
Therefore, the brewery has already set its bar high. In an industry that is currently seeing approximately 4% craft growth, according to the Brewers Association, analyzing 2019 mid-year craft brewing growth article. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, (laughs) Revision Brewing Company will continue to invest in the people and the essentials that will continue to elevate their products, such as the new centrifuge that is currently being installed. Yeah, and I think they only have... That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to uh, expand their brew house to a 40-barrel system. They're adding 120-barrel fermenters to keep this, uh, this, this production up. And adding centrifuge or adding a lot of uh, equipment, a lot of capital equipment. But they um, they only have like I think they I think I read the article they have twenty six employees I think, so it's just still a pretty small, yeah you know it's a small brewery for putting out as much beer as that they're you know wanting to put out. So I I'm pretty impressed. So I hope they do well. I hope this growth uh, can. I I actually I hope that the growth actually gets to where they want it and it kind of like hopefully it plateaus and then they, they go ahead and, and scale back and try to just maintain, you know, don't go too crazy. I don't want them to, to expand too rapidly. I want, you know, let's go up to 40,000 barrels and let's hold steady. Cause once you get past that, you really start to, you know, you have to really be careful. Cause that's the, that's the point where you're going to uh, have issues. Good, good on them. Good on them. Yeah. I hope it, I hope it sticks because I mean that, I mean, I'm not in the beer business, but that just seems like a lot of growing in such a short time. Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, the next article is uh, a festival dedicated to hard seltzer is coming to Denver in mid-September. And this article... tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go buy (laughs) tickets. Uh, And this this article is on brewbound.com and was written by Justin Kendall. And I, this is an article that kind of uh, caught my interest. Uh, it was released on the 24th, just a couple of days ago, before we record. And it caught my interest because we just did an episode on hard seltzer. Now, if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back and listen. After you get done with this episode, go back and listen to 132. I think we did a pretty good job of talking about this whole hard seltzer uh, you know, thing that's going on right now in, in the uh, alcohol industry. So... Um, so I thought, yeah, let's go ahead and, and find out what these, you know, what these seltzer guys are all about. And heck, they're already making a festival in, uh, in Denver or in, yeah, in Denver, right? Yeah, Denver. All right. So I'll start this one off. The seltzer trend has even begun to bleed into pop culture with comedian Trevor Wallace coining the phrase, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws <laughs> and seltzer taking away another occasion once owned by beer country music with a singer-songwriter Mark Leach's ode to White Claw drinking claws. Wow. I didn't realize that country music had a hold on uh, on beer, but... That's surprising to me. Yeah. <laughs> but now I guess I just learned something new. Uh, the, the culmination of the so-called Summer of Seltzer, if it actually does prove seasonal, may come on September 14th with the, quote, Fizz Fight in Denver. That's the name of this festival. It's called the Fizz Fight. Now, see, that's a good name. Like, we need for our what our listeners are drinking segment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fizz Fight. Uh, the festival's organizers are billing the event as, quote, 
America's first hard seltzer festival and tasting competition. Well, it's a competition even, so that's pretty exciting. So the festival's organizer, Jake Brown, states, Fizz Fight is a way for consumers to sample local and regional hard seltzer brands alongside top-selling brands White Claw and Truly Hard Seltzer. For brands, for the brands, he added, the event's competition is an opportunity to start making waves. I would say that Fizz Fight is going to be a competition that helps take a smaller brand national. It's entirely possible, he said. Through a tasting competition, sometimes one big win is all it takes to elevate a brand. So you're going to have to register to be a uh, an HSJCP judge? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I find this funny. I, I mean, I, I can't wait to actually uh, hear some feedback from journalists that actually go to this thing and find out if it's real or, or a big joke and find out who the big winners are. Uh, well, maybe maybe it's a uh, promotional stunt like the uh, Chick-fil-A and Popeye's chicken sandwich right now. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay. All right. So uh, beyond those brands and the usual suspects, which is White Claw, Truly, and Anheuser-Busch's Bon & Viv, Fizz Fight will feature offerings from more than 20 brands, including Miller Coors, Coors's Henry's Hard Sparkling Water, Big Sky Brewing, Spiked Seltzer. I didn't realize Spiked Seltzer was Big Sky Brewing. That's They're into that. That's yeah, cool. I didn't realize. I just saw that Spiked Seltzer at the store today when I was there. So that's interesting. Um, Upslope's Brewing's Spiked Snow Melt and Oscar Blue's Wild Basin Boozy Sparkling Water. In addition to hard seltzers made by beer companies, Fizz Fight will feature seltzers made by spirits companies. Okay, so there's going to be it's going to be uh, a lot of fizz fighting going on from a lot of different areas. All right, so Chris, why don't you go ahead and finish out the article? Uh, according to Brown, a thousand tickets are available for each of Fizz Fight's two sessions. Two sessions. Two. Two sessions. <laughs> So far, a total of 244 tickets have been sold. Hmm. hmm. So who's buying the tickets? Brown said women have purchased 80% of the tickets thus far. And he expects the crowd to remain predominantly female between the ages of 28 and 35. Guys, go get your tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brown also hopes that the event, which is taking place at Colorado, Colorado's largest LGBTQ <laughs> venue, Exdo, Exdo Tracks. Is that the name of the venue? Yeah. Exdo Tracks. Exdo Tracks. <laughs> will attract LGBTQ consumers. Uh, okay. I, so what are they saying here? That This is, uh, I mean, are they saying that hard seltzer is... Is a is a drink of the LBGTQ uh, crowd? Is that what they're saying? I, I mean, it's being held at their venue, and well, it's just held at their to... venue. <laughs> okay, I do. I, you know what? I don't know what they're trying to say here. If they're trying to, if there's any innuendo at yeah. all, yeah, I just think it's yeah. I, I mean, I guess they want to try to grab that crowd, but and the women. That's the 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 ones they're aiming for. And the oh, guy the go guy. for the country, the country music uh, fan too. Look, if I if I was a single guy, I'd go to I would go to this event. Yeah, yeah. All right. So he says we're seeing that this is a category that speaks to people who may not feel like they have a place at a traditional beer festival. 
Brown explained that only about 2 to 5% of consumers have tried hard seltzers and FizzFight will offer consumers an opportunity to explore, quote, new flavors and new styles. It will also be an opportunity to educate consumers on how hard seltzers are made. Don't expect FizzFight to be a one-off festival either. Brown said the organizers are targeting a sequel in Los Angeles this October. Really? Although, <laughs> although a venue has yet to be secured and a return to Denver next year. The organizers are also eyeing future events in Austin, Atlanta, Miami, New Orleans, San Diego, Tucson, oh, and Tucson, Arizona. Wow, they uh, they have big plans for this festival that that starts in a couple weeks. They only sold uh, forty-four tickets. Yeah, a quarter. No, not even a quarter. An eighth of what the tickets they have available. It sounds like that the the hard cider or the hard seltzer community is trying to grow like revision. Yeah, yeah. I think they're they're struggling a bit and 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 then they say they're going to they're already planning on having a Los Angeles one in October, a month later, and they don't even have a venue for it. It seems like things aren't going very well right here. I don't know. I I I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, well, how many um ha, I mean, there I know there's tons of different flavors in these uh in these hard seltzers like that's great oh my gosh florida hard seltzer fest oh get out of here <laughs> oh that event that that just happened july 20th 2019 um oh yeah there's the article you're talking about but i mean it's basically the same base with just a different fruit added to it right yeah yeah it's all it's it's gonna be made with uh, fermentable highly fermentable sugars and then they just add their own either fruit, like real fruit, which is going to be mostly the like craft brewery types, or they add uh, fruit, fruit flavorings or imitation flavorings. And those will be more artificially, you know, flavored, I would think. that t- They taste artificial, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so we're going to do some barrel-aged hard seltzers? Maybe. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe some barrel-aged. Maybe they'll have some hard seltzer... Uh, Frosties or something, you know. I mean, you know, who knows? Ice cream, hard seltzer ice cream. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I still have yet to have a hard seltzer. I, I did uh, notice that now. This this, before there was like one hard seltzer thing. Now I went through the store today, and I almost took a picture saying, "Holy smokes!" There's a whole cooler. There's a whole cooler door full of. There's like six different brands of hard seltzer in the cooler. And then outside the cooler, there was like other stands of hard seltzer. Like they're really pushing this hard seltzer stuff. I mean, with all these different brands, I saw at least six different brands represented, which before you'd only see the claws, right? That was like the main mm-hmm. one. Maybe, but now I'm seeing the truly seltzer. I saw the spike seltzer today. I saw the, uh, uh, the Bon and Viv. I saw the uh, the Claws, the Bon and Viv, I, I, the Truly Seltzer. I saw, I saw a bunch of different ones, and and Lime and something or Lion and there's there's all these different names I can't remember all because they're all different. But yeah, I saw a lot of variety, and I'm just shocked. I, I guess it is becoming a big thing. So 
uh, who, who am I to uh, foo-foo this hard seltzer festival? But I think it might be too much too soon for, for having festivals dedicated to hard seltzer. I mean, you never know. It could be the next big thing. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, uh, the last article, we'll move on to uh, some big beer news here. So, this is Anheuser-Busch InBev doesn't make qualifying offer for the Craft Brew Alliance. And again, found this article on brewbound.com, again, by the same author, Justin Kendall. And uh, August 23rd was the deadline for Anheuser-Busch InBev to make a qualifying offer to acquire the remaining stake of Craft Beer Alliance. It came and went without an offer. Uh, the world's largest beer manufacturer, which already owns 31.3% of the smaller Portland, Oregon headquartered craft beer maker, had until August 23rd to either make an offer for the remaining stake in the country at a minimum of, or in the company, for a minimum of $24.50 per share, which is about $328 million, or pay a $20 million fee. Wow. Well, ultimately... AB InBev decided to pay the one-time $20 million fee to the Craft Beer Alliance, whose brands include Kona Brewing, Whitman Brothers, Red Hook, Omission, Square Mile Cider, Winwood Brewing, Cisco Brewers, and Appalachian Mountain Brewery, as well as the PH Experiment. This is, so, this is actually surprising to me because Einheuser-Busch just, you know, we just... We didn't talk about it last episode, but right before the last episode, they went and uh, announced that they're acquiring Platform Brewing out of uh, oh, Ohio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right out of Cleveland. Yeah. And uh, that's a bit, I mean, they had been quiet for a year or two. Uh, the last brewery they, they picked up was Wicked Weed. And then it, after that, they kind of had, kind of laid low. And then they announced that they picked up Platform. And guess what? A week later, two weeks later, they need to make a decision on the Craft Beer Alliance, and they decide, you know what, we're going to go ahead and pass on this. Uh, we're not going to go ahead and pick up the remaining shares and acquire the, you know, these, you know, pretty decent. Uh, I mean, I, I think they're pretty decent breweries in in this uh, in this collective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I mean, I've I've been to Appalachian Mountain Brewing, and I really enjoyed their beer. I didn't know that they were part of the Craft Brewers Alliance until I read this article, um, which was surprising. Um, I love Widmere Brothers and, and uh, Kona Brewing, although I don't drink a lot of Kona Brewing beers. Um, I I don't dislike them, right? If if someone has Kona beers uh, at a party, I'll go ahead and drink them and not have you know any any problem. They're not bad. Uh, so I mean, and they seem to be growing pretty. Pretty well. Kona Brewing is uh, is making waves uh, in the you know craft beer scene. So I thought that would be like a no a no brainer. But obviously uh, they decided to to stay clear of it and just went ahead and decided to throw a, a measly twenty million dollars at them. Uh, but you know what? Good for good for CBA. Now they can spend this twenty million dollars to go ahead and uh, you know upgrade some equipment or or whatever they need to. It's their money to spend as they they see fit. Seriously, I mean, so oh, we'll just pay this one-time twenty million dollar fee. Yeah, yeah, like nothing at all. Nothing yeah. at all. In a statement, AB Brewers Collective President Marcelo Mika Michaelis said, 
the longstanding and strong partnership we have with Craft Brew Alliance, or CBA, is extremely valuable to Anheuser-Busch. While we're not making an offer to purchase remaining shares of CBA, our existing commercial partnership with CBA continues to be a key complement to our industry-leading craft portfolio, and we look forward to working together for many years to come. In a separate statement, Andy Thomas, who's the CEO of CBA, got that? Yep. Uh, called AB's decision disappointing. I'm not mad, just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but said, with the company's immediate ownership situation now clear, management can turn its attention to refining strategic alternatives to maximize shareholder value. Still, more questions remain than answers. Chief among them, why did AB pass on the opportunity to acquire CBA and its fast-growing Kona Brewing brand? which is on pace to be a 500,000-barrel wow. brand wow, that by is, year end. Damn, that's not small. <laughs> no. Wow. that's That was just weird to read all that as a in barrels. Yeah. Um, and moving forward, what is AB's interest in the company? Due to the size of CBA, such a transaction would have necessitated review and approval by the U.S. Department of Justice Justice and the Federal Trade Commission under the Hart Scott Rodino Antitrust Improvements Act of 1976. Everyone knows about the yeah. Hart Scott Rodino Antitrust Improvements Act, right? Yeah, yeah that's why I left it in there. Make sure we talk oh, wow. about it. <laughs> I almost want to read it one more time. The Hart Scott Rodino Antitrust Improvements Act of 1976. Uh, the prospect of qualifying uh, a prospect of a qualifying offer had hung over CBA in recent years, and a transaction seemed to make sense as CBA's route to market is closely aligned with AB's with AB through brewing, distribution, and export contracts. However, those deals will remain in place for up to another seven years at CBA's election, including a master distributor agreement to leverage AB's wholesaler network at 25 cents per case through 2028. The ability to contract brew up to 300,000 barrels at AB's production facilities at a savings of $10 per barrel Mm. and export opportunities through AB subsidiaries. Without the specter of an AB offer, CBA is now free to explore other options unencumbered, including a potential sale to another buyer. Yeah. Yeah. So they can, they can sell out to someone else. So it's interesting that I wonder how much of that 500,000 barrels that Kona Brewing is putting out is being done as a contract brew. Because they say that they have the ability to contract brew up to 300,000 barrels at AB's production facility. So I wonder if they're actually, you know, utilizing that 300,000 barrels for Kona. And so Kona is really only putting out 200,000 barrels at, at their own, you know, breweries. In California. Yeah. Not Hawaii. Yeah, not Hawaii. <laughs> so it's interesting. So what do you think? Is, uh, I mean, it is kind of a shocker, right? You I would think that uh, they already had 30%, over 30% investment into this alliance. Yep. Uh, they'd only have to, you know, pay a reasonable price for a lot of, for a lot of uh, brands. They could, you know, they, they'd have access to, I think there's like seven different brands that they could have got. 
for just $325 million. That's <laughs> a measly fee. Yeah, that's nothing. I mean, it's not $1 billion like, they, like uh, Constellation paid for yeah. Ballast Point, right? So, yeah, for well, one brand. Yeah. And now and now CBA is basically a free agent. Yeah. They can be picked up when, at, well, I'm not sure whenever, but whoever wants to throw in throw in the money you yeah. can have you can have the CBA yeah and what i mean and sam adams just put out a bunch of money for just dogfish head didn't sam adams just put <laughs> well he put out i think they put out like 30 million for sam no they they didn't bought they, no it was uh i think calgion himself got like 265 million right or oh well like see they could have just bought this <laughs> instead and yeah. went in together that's just silly yeah yeah so yeah, i don't know interesting news I, you know, I've heard some people were happy that it didn't happen because as long as it's not fully owned by Big Beer, they don't worry about it. And, and there's some Appalachian Mountain uh, Brewing fans that didn't want to see them go fully under AB InBev. Well, you know what? 30% or 100%, it seems uh, like what's what's the difference, right? They're still getting benefits from being an AB InBev. I'm, I'm sure they're still able to go ahead and utilize their... Uh, ability to to get materials and di- distribution and all that stuff. So yeah, they're still a uh, you know sellout whether they're thirty percent or a hundred percent. But hey, I mean they they could have put their uh, Sam Adams could have put their money where their mouth is, spent a little bit more, and got seven brands instead yeah. of just one. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? They could still do it. I bet you they could. Yeah, they could double down. <laughs> Double down. <laughs> yeah, it was only three hundred twenty-eight million. <laughs> they put down three hundred. I mean, what's another you know twenty-eight million between friends? Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they. I guess they'd have to buy out uh, AB InBev's thirty percent too. So it might be more that'd than be that. A, that'd be a ballsy move. Yeah. <laughs> Some big cojones on on uh, on Jim Cook over there. All right, so we we called it. Sam Adams, Boston Beer is going to uh, combine with CBA. Either we're calling it out or we're just starting a really bad rumor. Yeah. Either way, we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here first. Mm -hmm. All right, Chris. Hey, it has been fun, but it is time to put this show to bed. And you to bed too, Chris, because I know you're getting Mm -hmm. tired. But before we put you to bed, uh, let's go ahead and uh, give you a chance to raise a glass to anyone you'd like to raise a glass to. So I want to raise a glass to Megan uh, today because uh, we had a hell of a day. And if it wasn't for her, it would have probably been a lot worse. So <laughs> Me- Megan, cheers to you. <laughs> I heard her. <laughs> uh, for, t- for helping us take care of all the uh, all the fun we had today. And uh, what about you, Denny? You have any uh, anyone you'd like to raise a glass to? Yeah, yeah. I want to raise my glass to my buddy Alex Fuchs uh, from Israel. Uh, he, uh, for one thing, he he has his own home brewery that he produces some great home brew. It's called uh, Three Legged Crow Brewing, and he is out there in Israel, uh, putting on you know serving up at uh, beer festivals doing tap takeovers at different uh, venues uh, at his home. He's got a beer fridge with four taps and he's constantly brewing new beers every day and, uh, and, and running them through his, his home 
system and, and showing off all the great beers, uh, which is fantastic. I just wish I was there in Israel to enjoy all that beer that he's putting out. Uh, I need to make a trip back there so I can, I can help him drink that beer. But also, uh, he just got back from a trip to Ireland. Uh, he wasn't, I mean, we were hoping he'd be able to join us in Ireland when, during our trip, but he happened to be in the States while we were in Ireland. And so, but, but he made up for it because he actually went and visited some of the venues that we visited while we were in Ireland. Uh, awesome. In, yeah. In Dublin and in Kilkenny and in, uh, in Waterford. And he enjoyed, uh, the revolution, uh, craft beer and cocktail bar or whiskey bar, uh, which I enjoy it too. Uh, I had a great time there two, two nights in a row. Uh, and so, yeah, I just want to raise my glass, my buddy Alex, who's living the life, brewing great beer. And I can't wait till we get together again and, and drink beer. So cheers to you. And of course, I want to raise my glass to all those servicemen and women out there protecting our freedoms. Uh, thank you for your service and uh, please return home safely to your families as soon as you can. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and uh, raise a glass to our sponsors? Absolutely. So I want to raise a glass to B Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups, for partnering up with us. And I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Or you can check out the other things they have going on at fermentedreality.com. And check out the world's first full line of style-specific plastic beer cups for people on the go. Whether hanging out on the beach, by the pool, hiking in the wilderness, or even enjoying some time on the boat, bee cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware. You can also visit our friends at Tavor, and you can use the promo code TAPTOCRAFT, which is all one word, and will give any new user a $10 credit after you spend $25. All right. And you can find the beers and links to the articles that we mentioned on the show in our show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82 or untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. Of course, you can always find me on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. All right. It's last call time to bring our show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading, listening, and we ask you to please tell a friend. And of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. You did it, Chris. Yep. We, we finished it. <laughs> Can't believe that was funny. I kicked the, the little the switch on the power strip. I kicked it. Ah. So did it so it shut down your computer? Oh yeah. Yeah, the whole everything just shut off. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> No no no, it's it's good. It just caught up. It was it was really uh <laughs> It was really rough there for a second. It was funny because I, I recorded it. This was kind of what I was listening to. Some feedback. Thing release like and I might think that there's not enough these New England hate They flavor.
Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was weird. In an industry that is currently seeing approximately 4% craft. 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 <laughs> Gross. Uh, Have another 10% beer. <laughs> I'm working on it. It's almost gone. In an industry that is currently seeing approximately 4% craft growth, according to the Brewers Association, analyzing 2019 mid-year craft bro... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a lot of words just put together it's not coming out right it's a lot you're right Mm. where did we stop right (laughs) you see my cursor oh yeah there it is you read that paragraph I read the one above it so the cursor is where you start according to Brian okay (laughs) sorry (laughs) Megan keeps walking in here all right All right, Chris, why don't you go ahead and and continue here at this spot. Okay. In a statement, Abe, oh, your cursor's covering up my letters. 